Hello, everyone, and welcome to Paul and Moses Play, a celebration of games and play, and a deep dive into video games and what makes them so special to us. I'm your host, Paul Berberich, and with me, as always, is Dr. Moses Wolfenstein. Hello, Moses. Hello, Paul. We are back. We are back indeed. And how is this Thursday treating you? It's going pretty well. Uh, we're doing a little early recording, sneaking it in on my lunch break today because uh, we're recording on a Thursday of all days. Right, right. It so happens. But yeah, how about on your end? Things going all right? Yeah, pretty well. Um, younger brother John is uh, visiting, actually. Oh, nice. So they awesome. will be spend some time with them and the folks uh, over the last couple of days. And then him and his wife, Kathleen, will be uh, uh, dropping by here to stay for a couple of days as well, starting tonight. So most excellent. Really I'm looking forward to a, that. I'm guessing a dip downstairs might uh, might be in order. Perhaps, although the beers have been flowing, as you would expect. Oh, yeah. So to me, if it happens, cool. If it doesn't happen, I think I'm OK with that, too. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair but knowing enough. John, it'll probably it'll probably, it'll probably happen. happen. It'll probably happen. And uh, knowing uh, Barley Pop, they probably have way too many Imperial Stouts on tap. I'm sure they do. And then if nothing else, you know, a nice bottle of red from from Table Wine might might also be in order. Oh, go, with, go. go with dinner. But yeah, that's been really nice. I'm sure we'll get up to some some classic uh, gaming as well. You know, Mario Kart or Battle Mode, maybe. I certainly hope so. Yeah. I certainly hope so. And maybe you might throw a curveball his way, something fresh. Fresh. Yeah. I, don't know. I, don't know. I feel like I must have told you this, but um, I had Wendy over and she kicked my ass in battle mode. Ah. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, I'm not totally sure. Well, kicked your ass is pretty extreme. I'm not, if you'd said she beat you, I wouldn't be surprised because the competition uh, has had over time developed to a point where where it was always very close yeah and i uh, guess it still was so maybe i oversold it a little but uh but I, the emotional you know. component of this perhaps was, right. was heavier than the actual kind of numerical loss for sure <laughs> right on speaking of numerical things uh let's uh, get on into our first segment here and i don't know if you listened to it yet but i i had our little game rank intro and it was oh, yeah. a little it was just a little faint in the mix so this week for game ranks, we're gonna we're gonna crank it up a little bit. It up. Welcome to game ranks. And uh, Moses, I understand you have a seventeenth game. Oh Lord, I struggled on this one. I am kicking Thexter down to number seventeen, um, and I really wasn't sure. I knew this game was going to be on my list, but I struggle with this one. Um, I mean, in general, the challenge this week is that a lot of the heavy hitters that have been big influences or games I truly love that I felt ready to rank are on the list. And then you start getting into things that are fundamentally, essentially second tier for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, and the handful of, you know, God, I just don't know where to put this thing because I'm still playing it and haven't gotten to a point where I'm sitting with it yet. Um, Dark Souls 3, I'm sure it's going to wind up popping up pretty high on the list, but I just don't want to rank it until I finish it. Yeah. Um, this is a game that I have, I, I spent a fair amount of time on and this game persists and uh, I will have to jump back into it in spite of the fact that it's gotten so much more complex. It is Minecraft. Minecraft. 16 on my list for now. Yeah. May get shuffled later, especially in the event that I do a return to Minecraft, which is like nigh inevitable. Um, it's just so, so super likely that I'll wind up coming back to Minecraft at some point. I understand it just got a 
brand spanking new part two of its what is it caves and cliffs update oh did, did part two come out i think so oh, and shit. it's generating some pretty lovely uh geographic features okay so, you know um i'm not exactly about to put it I, I prefer playing it mouse and keyboard i i just i have never installed it on a console mm-hmm. um when i've sat down at somebody else's to maybe screw around you know past the controller kind of thing it just is i've just spent too much time with it behind mouse and keyboard and just is very comfortable that way yeah um so it's probably going to be a minute but minecraft i mean i almost don't really need to say anything else it you know it's so special it is yeah. the legos of video games as widely acknowledged as such mm-hmm. um you know lots and lots of other open world crafty games have just bit off its mechanics and some of them have been you know pretty good and people have have done good stuff with it. Uh, a bunch of them have just been pretty mindless clones. I was involved in a project on a game that was strongly influenced by Minecraft, the untitled game, uh, which, uh, you know, sadly, uh, that one kind of drifted into uh, being a non-entity. Um, interesting ideas that were going to go in a very different direction from Minecraft, uh, but definitely borrowed from the notion that there was this hugely engaged player base defining the game in a way that no other game has ever been so player driven in terms of content and mods and i mean my understanding is a lot of that is less so these days um that a lot of a lot of elements that were mods have just been picked up and incorporated into the game mm-hmm. um and obviously there's still tons of people like every once a month i'll see some kind of a rock paper shotgun post about texture packs yeah it's like oh there's another just wow that's gorgeous my computer couldn't run that um (laughs) but yeah i don't have too much else to say about it um but you can feel free to toss me a question if you want sure yeah i mean it's it's somewhat somewhat worn territory for for us on this pod um i wondered if uh if we because we have a a server and we've been waiting for part two of this thing and we're going to start a new world um with nick uh joanna myself uh so if you'd like you know might be might be a time to uh to jump back in a little bit yeah you know my macbook air would probably run it sufficiently that i could just drop it on there um yeah or i i know what you said about the controller and that totally makes sense i've gotten pretty used to it um and you've certainly logged many 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 hours on uh on the awesome keyboard so yeah yeah um, yeah, I think this might be just a really opportune time for me to jump in and just do some, some random building of some, some stuff, learn some of the new materials and, you know, right. make a, make a something. Yeah. What's your favorite biome? Ooh, my favorite biome in Minecraft. That's actually a tough question because I'm not even like totally current on the biome. Right. Right. There are, there are biomes that I have not experienced. Um, like I really liked the, in general, I really liked the beach environments mm-hmm. when I was playing it heavily, which is a number of years ago now. Um, but that kind of intersection of rock and sand and being able to just kind of route water into stuff and, and make it, make it kind of weird. And then like, you know, being, having accessibility to, to other materials. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if Minecraft treats the beach as a biome or if it's just a feature that gets added onto whatever biome is abutting the water. Yeah, I guess I would assume it's when desert meets the ocean. Um, 
but I, I really don't know. There might be more of a specific well, in there's, between. There's always kind of sand, thing. even if there's forest, there's always going to be like almost always, not quite always. Sand by the water. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which is part of what gives it its kind of charm yeah. is that you have, uh, you have sand to play with, which is, I, it's one of like, classically, it's one of my favorite materials because of the fact that it's unstable. Mm-hmm. It allows you to like to do weird, goofy stuff and occasionally like really screw yourself up. Like cavens yeah. and stuff. Like not not just like cavens, but specifically with cavens, <laughs> create bad situations for yourself accidentally. Um, and honestly, that's actually one of my favorite things about Minecraft is when things go awry. Oh, for sure. You know, um, it's especially that early to mid game part with where where you just you fail to notice that creeper, and they the explosion that they caused it didn't just kill you it really set your project back mm-hmm. in a non-trivial way. You're just like, no, but, um, or, or of course, uh, even more importantly, when you're spelunking, right. Um, and you're just like, you're being careful, you're being guided and whichever enemy it happens to be, you just fail to account for. And then you panic and you fall in the lava and that's like, you don't know where the hell you were. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe you jump, you fall in the lava, jump out, but you're on fire and you're praying that the fire will stop before, before so you're like shoving food in your mouth while your body is burning up burning. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, but I do look forward. I look forward to exploring uh, new Minecraft with all its very varied uh, biomes that, uh, that it now has. Yeah. Um, I, I'll, uh, I'll be in touch else. about, about the server. Um, Excellent. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we've, been, we've been waiting on that. Um, and then, of course, I have to mention the music, um, you know. Oh, the music is, like, so essential. It's so evocative. They, they still have the original music in the game? Yeah, uh, and a lot more, but yeah. Yeah. No, From the same uh, composer. That's just crucial. It's just such, uh, you know, it sets a totally unique mood. It's one of the, like, I don't, it's very rare that I would play that game without the sound on, let alone turning the music off. Mm-hmm. It's just, like... It's just great, great music slash sound design. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, speaking of music, we're going to get funky with my number 17, which is Toe Jam and Earl on the Sega Genesis. Nice. Uh, Classic, classic game. Um, It introduced myself and my brother, John, to the roguelike genre. And we didn't know it was called the roguelike genre. You know, uh, I'm not even sure if the game was labeled as, as such, but it drew uh, heavily from from those influences. Uh, You're these two aliens who crash land on Earth and it's all randomly generated each time uh, you find presents and they'll do any old thing. Uh, It might make them rain tomatoes, might uh, level you up. It might, there might be the dreaded total bummer, which is where both players just get shot to death seemingly by a firing squad uh, and and lose a life. wandering around trying to find the parts of your ship to put it back together and make it back home while like avoiding all these earthlings um and uh the carrot man was a very important npc you could pay him two bucks and he would identify presents for Ah. you Uh, instead of just using a present and then of course you'll know what it does but it might be bad or it might be something you'd want to save uh so finding the carrot man was always uh very key and very it was like carrot man do i have money you know um and 
so many like terrifying moments. Uh, there is an enemy that's just the boogeyman and he's sort of invisible. He sneaks around and then he'll appear right next to you and go boogie, boogie, boogie and like hurt you and scare you. Yes. <laughs> um, but the most terrifying of all is the false mailbox. Uh, so you can find these these blue, you know, U.S. postage uh, boxes, mailboxes around, and you can uh, mail order presents from them for money. Well, sometimes it is a monster in disguise, and like the slot opens up, and he grows eyes, and he goes like, <laughs> and like runs at you like super quick and. If you're careful, you can watch and you'll see he, he peeks around every once in a while and then shuts his ah. eyes again. Um, but if you get too close, he will he will mess you up. Was this your first encounter with a mimic? Huh. Probably. Yeah. That, that kind of sounds like the G-rated version of the of the Dark Souls mimic in terms of like, you know attacks you if you're unsuspecting you can kind of sneak it suss it out if you know what to look for um not kind of you can uh and makes terrifying noises in addition to <laughs> generally presenting a terrifying visage massage whatever that's a great point because you are also heavily incentivized to seek out the mailbox because you get presents out of it the presents you get you get uh, good things. You much good like you get treasure from a, a treasure chest so uh, that is a great observation and i think if I had to guess, I would say that would be the the inspiration for the mailbox is the the classic mimic. It's probably the D and D mimic, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But more importantly, from my perspective, it was your first encounter with a mimic. Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, it had split screen co op, or it would become single screen when yeah. characters were next to each other, which was just huge for for me and my brothers, you know, because it was a difficult game. Um, you know, it it took us a while to to beat it. Um, and part of the reason is uh, the trolling that you could do in the game is unlike anything else. Uh, you could get a tomato slingshot and damage enemies with it. And it, it makes this great pong, pong, pong when you're shooting. And whoops, you accidentally shoot your, uh, your companion. Well, he might get mad and turn around. And then all of a sudden, you're having just a full-on tomato fight and killing your run because now you're just murdering each other out of spite. Friendly uh, fire, right? Uh, friendly fire. Yep. Okay. Uh, not just like knocking each other into enemies and obstacles. But no, you can straight up kill kill each other. Murdering each other. Uh, or of course the rose the rose bush. Uh, you could plant a rose bush behind you, which would discourage enemies from chasing you. But if your little brother is following you, it's like, oops, made a rose bush. He gets poked by it. You know, um, so many so many little ways to to mess with each other. Um, and uh, I also had another thing to say, which was uh, level zero. Uh, you start off on level one. Okay. Um, and in the far corner, uh, it, there's this impassable ocean. And in the far corner of the map is a hole. Uh, so if you get rocket states or Icarus wings and come back to level one, you can fall down that hole to level zero, uh, where you will find a lemonade stand that refills your health and a hot tub that gives okay. you like an extra life with like oh, cool nice. girls in it. Um, and then you fall down another hole there and it takes you right back to the furthest level that you had explored at. Oh. Um, and what a fun little secret. I don't know if we discovered it organically. I I'm sure we probably did, um, but uh, a nice little, little hidden thing there. Um, and the last thing I will point out uh, 
is the game, as you level up, it gives you more health and also uh, your title goes up. So I think you start out as a loser and then uh, somewhere along the line, you become a peanut. Uh, Eventually you reach Pointexter and then Genius. And uh, there's there's many more, but those are the ones that I could remember off off the top of my head. So if you like Earl is a genius or Toe Jam is a loser, you know, it's uh, good stuff. That's epic. That is, uh, you know, I, in spite of having had a Genesis in, in rotation, and of course I know this game by reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, I not it's not a game I've ever played, and it's kind of been one of the one of those like oh it's a it's a delightful mystery whose time is more or less past. I'm unlikely to have that uh, level of enjoyable experience with it, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, it sits at a sweet spot uh, to some extent. Well, no, it sits actually more in the, the morass of, of graphics development, but, but some games did really well with, you know, with that specific array of, of tools. So I don't know. Yeah. What's, what's your take on that? Do you think it holds up with a good retro feel if you look at it now? Yeah. It's it's pretty clean, pretty pretty well designed, like artistically, you know. Yeah. Stuff makes makes sense visually, um, and yeah, once you you play for five minutes and then you you stop realizing that it even looks old, you just get you get used to it, you get caught up in the experience, you know. Yeah. Um, I do have one of those mini Genesis Genesis and uh, uh, a couple controllers, so the next time we hang, oh, have to rock it. Yeah, excellent. That up, yeah. Right on. So yeah, that is my number 17. Um, 17 is locked uh, in. Moving along to our next segment here, what I love about. And Moses, you got anything this week? I do. Um, And I mean, I'm just going to keep going back to this well. I'm afraid I'm going to keep going back to it. (laughs) But in a way, it's because we, uh, um, I mean, arguably, not really, because we're not doing what am I playing. Um, But, uh, but, You know, and this is literally, this is a part two of what I love about returning to a game that I hadn't been playing, but it's not really about that. It's another what I love about Dark Souls 3. Okay. Uh, And it's actually something that FromSoft does in all these games where um, once you have finished in an earlier environment, it might change, or there might be something that you can encounter that you were unlikely to encounter before. Mm -hmm. Um. So I realized that part of my problem in my current run of Dark Souls 3 is that my uh, my wizarding staff is like a plus two. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, no wonder my spells aren't hitting as hard as they probably should be, right? Like, sure. it's not because I'm like checking out the the um, the soft cap and I'm like, okay, yeah, no, I've blown that, but I should keep putting some points into intelligence as I'm like figuring out how to try to grind or what I can do productively. Um, and... Uh, and I realize I need Titanite, large Titanite shards, maybe, or maybe just Titanite shards. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like thinking, oh, I'm doing great. I'm grinding these out, uh, you know, by the um, by the armor. And then I'm like, oh wait, these are chunks. And I'm so under leveled on this on this item that I need the much lower level shards in order to level it up. Well, where can I go? Um, I tried going back to like the High Wall of Lothric. This is such a long version of the story. Um, but like the type of the winged uh, winged knights or winged helmet knights or whatever they are, mm-hmm. there aren't that many of them. Um, and they're kind of a pain in the butt to find um, if you don't remember exactly where they are, which I kind of know it's the area with the dragon, you know, et cetera. Yeah. They're the ones who are like, you're absolutely terrified them of them when you when you encounter them, but later on, you're crazy. But that's not what I'm talking about in terms of returning to an area. I'm going to get there. 
So then I realized that uh, Anne Orlando has, uh, according to, to uh, you know, Fextra Life or whatever, uh, near 100% drop rate for the shards I'm looking for mm -hmm. uh, from those Silver Knights up there. Yeah. Who are brutal. This is the two on the stairs where it's really hard to get one of them at a time. Yeah. And if you're, you know, playing a glass cannon, they just hit devastating attacks with like lightning weapons. Um, but I start getting into a little bit of a rhythm and farming them out. Um, I still haven't taken these shards back to level up the weapon, but that's not the point. The point is I'm like doing great. And I'm like kind of exploring around. Hey, is there another guy I've missed up here who I can farm? Yeah, no, no, not really. Um, so I'm kind of heading down the stairs and out of freaking the blue, this horrendous creature like comes rushing down the stairs and attacks me. And you're nodding now because you know what it is. And I'm blanking on exactly the name for these things, but there aren't that many of them in the game. Um, and it's like a cross bloodborne Dark Souls beast where it's like a bunch of bodies composited together into something truly horrendous looking. They're kind <laughs> of like furry. They're like furry, kind of yeah. spider-like. Yeah. And they're really just a wretched sight. And it just jumps out and freaking charges me. And it's like, suddenly I go from feeling like I'm in a safe area to being like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, I'm dead, right? Um, the undead part of the outcome isn't what matters here, but what I love about how FromSoft handles this is you're, you're back in an area where you feel like you can have things kind of on lock, but there's something, you know, left undiscovered. Uh, and just stepping in the right or wrong place is going to trigger that, and you didn't realize this was on the map, and next thing you know, you're back in a confrontation that actually is testing your skill. Yeah. Um, yeah, those guys are, uh, I think it's called a, a Sullivan's Beast. Um, As in the Pontiff? Yeah, but there is another one, I think it looks similar, but is more spider-like. So uh, let's see, here's a picture of him. Um, yeah, this is not a Sullivan's Beast. What is it? <laughs> what is this wretched, horrible is... thing? Continue without disabling. Thank you. Deep accursed. A deep accursed. Okay. Yeah. Oh, just looking at it. It's the design, man. It's and it moves good. really fast. Yeah. It's big. <laughs> so like, you know, um, but it's the, the 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 broader principle of design that that happens there, where it's like feeling like you have an area unlock. You feel like it's safe. You've been here before, but the environment has changed in some way, shape, or form, or because of your enhanced level of comfort, you go someplace that you otherwise wouldn't have gone and you trigger something you didn't know was there. Um, and next thing you know, I mean, obviously the added bonus in this particular instance for what I love about Dark Souls 3 is that you have these creature these creature designs that are like genuinely, I, something FromSoft does, and we've talked about it before, some genuinely scary, like weird shit. Mm -hmm. um, and so that definitely adds to it. But but the broader principle is that moment of like, okay, I'm not so done here after all. Cool. Right. The the continual uh, possibility of, of surprise like that. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I wonder, have you gone back and checked out any of the merchants at Firelink for those shards? They eventually start selling them. Uh, you know, I, the, I had bought out, I think, the main merchant, maybe she has them and I bought them out. Okay. Um, Andre does not actually sell anything except services in three, if I'm not mistaken. I know that in in Dark Souls, he actually sold 
stuff at a certain, well, actually even pretty <laughs> early. Yeah. Um, but it's cool. I farm those up. I'll be able to love my staff. If I need more in the future, then I'll confront that down the road. If I have a different item at some point that I want to want to invest in. Um, yeah. but yeah, for now I should be in pretty good shape. I just do still need to run back there and collect my souls. Okay. Right. Um, Bonus, other... uh, not relevant content for our listeners, but relevant content for you as I did. They, I think it's those guys. No, no. It was the other ones who I was farming a little bit. Uh, also dropped embers. So oh, nice. I picked up a couple of embers um, so that next time we want to co-op, that will be possible. Cool. Um, the other little tidbit I will send your way, uh, if you encounter any uh, ashes, like pristine ash or, or things like that, and take them back to the merchant lady, it will refresh. It will give new items, but also I believe it refreshes her stock on the uh. old items. So it'd be easy enough just to Google one that you haven't found yet and uh, get it. And, and uh, there I might you go. even have some in my inventory that I have no idea what, oh my God, I don't know what this yeah, is. Yeah, quite yeah. possible. Cool. Cool. Well, um, I do not have anything I love this week. <laughs> so, yeah, you're just full of ambivalence. Eh? Exactly. Um, so we'll, we'll move ahead into uh, Tell Me About. And Moses, if you've got something for me, well, that's where we'll start. I, I don't actually have a Tell Me About this week. Okay. Well, I do. Uh, Moses, could you tell me about, and stop me if you've heard this one, the first game you remember beating? Yeah. I could have sworn that we've actually done this before. I thought we did too, but I've I've listened oh, back. Yeah. We've, we've talked about the first game you remember playing and the first game that really meant something to you, but I don't know if, if we've ever nailed that down. It's a good thing I was expanding my list today with Apple II games mm. um, because it had to be an Apple II game. Mm -hmm. There's no way that it would have been a console game. And arcade games are just way too fucking hard. So there's no way that it was a console game, uh, an arcade game. There is a distinct possibility that the first game that I beat that had any kind of substance, because there might have been there might have been games I beat before this that just wouldn't quite count. Um, but it might have been Choplifter. Choplifter, okay. Yeah. Are you familiar with Choplifter? Yeah. Uh, that game was fun as hell. Yeah, it was. It was super fun. It was super fun. I, there's a contender here, though, because um, it could have been um, uh, God, similar era game. What was I, what was I thinking? Well, no, I think I feel like Choplifter was before the original Prince of Persia. But maybe mm. I beat Karataka. Mm. There's a distinct chance it might have actually been Karataka. This is a really hard question. So I yeah. know I beat all three of those games. I know they are early games in terms of games that I've beaten. Um, it's remotely possible that I beat King's Quest 2 before either of those. It's not actually that unlikely. It all gets so hazy with these it early does. games and like my memory of them. But I definitely know that I beat Choplifter and that it, it took quite a while of grinding and refining the build order, like it was such a pared down real-time strategy game before there were, there was much in the way of, of RTSs mm -hmm. that existed, you know, it's a side scroller, but you still had this, like, you know, you're, sure you're flying your, your, your chopper around, but you still get to build different types of forces. And it's actually essential building your like defenses and like your, you know, you build your little infantry and you know, they're going to get mowed down, but they, 
they keep your enemy from traversing the map to come and do the same to you. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yet I feel like I'm, it might be Karataka because that definitely was the precedent to uh, the original Prince of Persia game. Right. And I must, I must have beaten it before we had Prince of Persia. I'd be, it would be weird if I hadn't just cause the order of these things. Like it was such an early Apple II game. I would have had it like long before Prince of Persia had been released. And, and there's, and I remember the fight with Akuma at the end, like, oh man, that, and incidentally that game, um, which will actually wind up on my list sooner or later, um, although pretty far down, probably as the direct predecessor to the original Prince of Persia, like it's actually really genius kind of like ahead of its time as a fightery platformy yeah kind of like i don't think it would hold up particularly well i think it's way too simple um compared to what we've come to expect from games that broadly fit that uh you know that genre Mm -hmm. Uh, like whether you're talking about a fighting game or a beat-em-up or whatever um but um but man that talk about doing a lot with very little (laughs) I wonder, we have shmups, so why aren't beat-em-ups called boom-ups? I guess I just answered my own you question. You just totally answered that question. <laughs> <laughs> why isn't this hard word to say, the word that we say? <laughs> I mean, they could just be called bups. Bups, yeah. Bups is pretty good. And, and that actually almost, I was like, why aren't they called bups? Bups, yeah. Big, or is that short for big ups? Bups. That could be why. But I feel like beat 'em up came before big up. I wonder. Well, a, this podcast is not about etymology, so we will no, never know. Not yet, at least. An unsolvable mystery. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> well, just to briefly, because uh, I, I had some fun kind of trying to figure this one out too. Um, and it must have been Mario 2, uh, the, the US version, of course, um, because that game, it had warps. And once you mm-hmm. knew the warps, you could get to the end pretty quickly. Oh, and yeah. it was it was challenging, but, uh, you know, it, great game. Um, weird, but but great and really captured my my imagination. But I specifically remember Wart and throwing the vegetables into Wart's mouth. And even at the time, wondering if these are like poisonous to him, why does he have them erupting out of the these pipes in his throne room? Like. He's not doing anything with them. <laughs> just really there. genuinely bad lair design. <laughs> right. Right. It happens. Sometimes as a as a as a big bad evil guy, you just make bad choices. Mm-hmm. Uh you didn't really know when and then you installed those pipes later on. You had no idea this was going to be the result. I mean, right. no, I have no clue, but or maybe but I like took, the idea. Maybe he took over the, the kingdom or lair of someone who liked vegetables, someone just who enjoyed vegetables, and then uh, never rerouted the plumbing or something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or I mean, uh, or, or the lair of, uh, whatever this was before it was a Mario game. Right. And then of course, I mean, I guess the real answer is that it was all a dream, uh, cause it was, and when we would beat the game, we would just leave it on cause it would show Mario sleeping forever until you turned it off. That's and there was just such a comforting, it's like watching the Yule log at Christmas. You know, it was a, a nice vibe. A little, Little Italian plumber snoring away, sawing yep. some logs. 
Yep. Nice. That does explain why that game is so surreal. Yeah. And also how they were able to shoehorn into the franchise by like, uh, you know, given the, given the decisions that they made, like, and eh, we could just make it all a dream. Oh, perfect. That way we don't have to rationalize why none of this stuff makes sense in terms of the world we had been building before. Right. And pretty inspired little naming convention for it too. Subcon for the name of the world. Ha! Uh, it's pretty, pretty cute. I like it. I yeah. like it. Nice. All right. Well, uh, speaking of liking things, I like baseball a great deal. And uh, we will uh, briefly dip into Paul with your baseball update. And really only one thing to say this week, because I, I think I mentioned uh, uh, Squidgy Nugget, the uh, latest name uh, that I submitted that got added to baseball, Or maybe not. I don't think so. Because okay. there was... Nick, and then I got two scruffs into yep. it, uh, scruffs Risset and scruffs Sokay or something. Um, and then, yeah, uh, a few weeks ago, uh, Squidgy, which is one of Peach's nicknames. Okay. Uh, and it was put with the last name Nugget, which is just perfect. That is perfect. Uh, Squidgy Nugget was was hatched from the field of eggs. I believe she's a moist talker. Um and then just a couple of days ago, uh, who should appear but Bevis Blounder. Blounder? Uh, yeah. Nice. Blounder making an appearance. Yeah, which is always my alias in Jackbox and other, other such things. It just popped into my head one day. And not till it was in the game did I realize how actually apropos it is because it's not Bounder, it's Blounder. Just like baseball. Baseball. Oh, yeah. That's a, they must have saw that and been like, "Ooh, jump on it." I wonder. I wonder. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Bevis Blounder is is now a, a proud member of of uh, Internet League baseball, and uh, I like it. Just a few short days until we get uh, back to the next reason. So uh, great. And then to that. there's going to be the siesta after this reason. Yeah. All right. Well, I better jump in. Yeah. Yeah. We'll certainly do that. Um, for now, though, we will jump into our guest segment. All right. Our guest today is Cassius Smith. Uh, Cassius, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for being with us. I uh, met you at uh, the grocery store, much like a previous guest, Steve. Um, wasn't long before we started chatting about, about gaming and stuff. And, uh, and yeah, we, we hit it off in that way. Exactly. And much like Steve, I love Pokemon too. <laughs> nice. Well, we'll see if Moses has a, a Poke question for you coming up. Um, but uh, for my questions, uh, to start things off, uh, Cassius, could you tell us what's the first game you remember playing? Um, literally Pokemon and Zelda, actually, um, for the Game Boy Advance. Nice. And Game Boy Color too. I ended up getting that a little bit later, but I was obsessed. Yeah. yeah oh man and so are we talking um link to the or link's awakening i think link's awakening and then i played pokemon sapphire was my first like pokemon game okay yeah nice Still yeah my favorite region yeah yeah and i yeah i remember biking to the janesville mall when i was 16 to get pokemon red because i just yes. i couldn't wait to be driven there i'm like it comes out today i i need this absolutely um, have you played the uh, Link's Awakening uh, remake on the Switch? No, I haven't. I'm actually um, looking to get a Switch pretty soon. I feel like that's just the next step. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't done Nintendo stuff in a while. That game is just 
it's a darling. It's, I mean, I love the Game Boy version, but the remake, uh, the art style and the music, they, they really, they really did a great job. So I've heard, it looks great. I've seen previews for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, my next question for you, what's the first game you remember beating? Um, Pokemon Sapphire, I beat that. And <laughs> it was one of those that I had to replay over and over, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but Pokemon Coliseum was like the next one for GameCube. And okay. That was like the big win. I was always curious about that one, but it I know it didn't have like the story side of it. It was all just battles, right? No, actually, it was um, it was a full story. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And I think you actually might have had less choice um, than you might have in like their normal game Game Boy RPGs. It was like okay. a really like, set trajectory. And you started with like Umbreon and Espeon where you're like um, starter Pokemon. OK. So, yeah, it was really fun. Nice. Um, well, my final question for you, Cassius, what's your favorite game? Ooh, um, <clears throat> I think probably Overwatch right now. That's become like a favorite um, the past like year, year and a half. Yeah. Um, and uh, who's your who's your main? I have a couple, but I like Baptiste, uh, Lucio, and Soldier 76. Nice. Yes. I tried Overwatch once and it, you know, it, it's tough to break into, I'm sure, like <laughs> any other competitive game, you know, got, <clears throat> got my butt kicked. But uh, I've always loved like the art style and it, it seems it seems pretty cool. The characters are so unique and that's what makes me like drawn to it, I think. Yeah. Nice. Um, all right, Moses, what do you got for us? I've got a rapidly revised question right here because uh, I, I think this is a fun, fun Pokemon related question. Uh, Cassius, what's your favorite Pokemon? Not in terms of, of abilities, not in, not in terms of like gameplay, but in terms of like visual character design, etc. Sure. Um, man, that's easy. Uh, Cyndaquil is one of my like favorites in that way. I love like that evolution too. Oh yeah. See, I mean, that's, that's definitely an important part of the Pokemon design, right? It's not just a question of like, it's the evolution piece that, that you, you know, yeah. how do they elaborate themselves and change? Cool. Very cool. Any particular, uh, what, what are, what are the reasons why? Um, I yeah. think he, he's just a little cute little dude. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I feel like if I were a Pokemon, I would be Cyndaquil. So there you go. No, that's a great answer. That's a great answer. Um, so Paul mentioned to me that you've been playing Sekiro. Yes, a little bit. It's probably one of the toughest games I've played um, in a while. I, as you might know, uh, he's he's pretty big on FromSoft games, and actually, so am I. I have not picked up Sekiro yet, um, and I, I, I like it. Kind of blows my mind that it's the that you that you started with that one. Uh, what what led you to pick up Sekiro? I really wanted a one player uh, journey. And that one seemed so unique. Like, I loved that he, um, like, he's kind of a cyborg. He has that attachment with his arm. And that, like, so, that's so cool to me. And I knew, like, from the get-go that it was going to be tough. Like, I watched some people play it on Twitch. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just, I knew what I was getting myself into. But, I'm like, I'm going to take probably a year to finish this. Like, I want it to be a challenge. 
So. I mean, you are probably, uh, your, your Twitch skills are probably better than mine. Um, but <laughs> I've been playing, uh, <laughs> I've been playing Dark Souls 3 since it came out. I have not finished it yet. Yeah. Um, so, cool. you know, uh, yeah, they're hard games. They're super, super enjoyable. I look forward to getting a Sekiro at some point as well. But uh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So it was kind of like um, a counterpoint to playing Overwatch. Yeah. Um, right now, like in the past like year since quarantine, uh, I guess, happened, um, my friend and I have been playing games together. So nice. we go into Overwatch as a team and we go into like Naruto Shinobi Strikers as a team. Okay. So I've been kind of steering away from RPGs for, for some time now. So I'm like, I need one thing that's like, like is very like just me. Yeah, so, yeah. And it is a very ARPG kind of game. So yeah. nice. Excellent. Well, my last question for you, uh, which hopefully is a good segue into Overwatch, is what was the first competitive shooter that actually hooked you? Um, probably Overwatch, actually. Okay. I like that it wasn't just straight, like, guns all the time. Like, they have powers and some other things. Um, but a close second would be Spellbreak. I got into that. Um, okay. Same reason. Like, it's not just guns. Like, you have kind of more mobility and, like, magic in there. And it's also first person. Yeah. Right on. Right on. Okay. Mm, cool. Can be. <laughs> well, I mean, let it rip. Let's talk. Yeah. Let's hear about Overwatch. Oh right. Uh, let's see. So, like I said, quarantine is what kind of got me into that. My friend had been playing Overwatch already, so he kind of like showed me the ropes. And it's it's nice having someone else kind of like be your buddy when you're playing like those kinds of games. Um, especially when you don't really know what you're doing at first and you just die all the time. So, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know, you find your main character and that's when it becomes fun because you can like customize them and stuff like that. Yeah. I love that, uh, that aspect of the game too, like getting skins and stuff. Mm -hmm. Do you, is it, is it pure enjoyment or do you, is there like a frustration when when you're losing or because i remember i used to play modern warfare 2 and that was kind of the last one of these that i really played i played uh uh apex legends for for a bit as well but i remember just getting so mad when i would get killed um which normally i'm my competitive spirit i'm i don't mind losing but for some reason just being like shot to death i guess but yeah. in in overwatch do you find that it's a little more palatable because it's not all guns and it's kind of a little more goofy. Um, it's still, it's still definitely frustrating because I, I think the frustrating part though, is having like a team that isn't like in sync. Like it's not so much about like losing. It's kind of like, I can tell like, you're not like playing right now, or like maybe you're like super new and they don't really have a filtering system to kind of like, um ease out people that are like new from people who like ready are like ready to play and like know what they're doing so sometimes so I, 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 I am an apex player and apex does have like ranked play versus pubs yeah like, does overwatch, overwatch have ranked or, or no they do they have a competitive play but i would say like the the difference feels so drastic like sometimes you just want to like have fun like but you yeah. still like want people who like know how to play but competitive like you get ranked every single time and like like even like you have a bad team there then that affects like your overall score and it just feels like more intense i don't play in ranked for exactly this yeah week, you know it's just it's so intense yeah 
But Naruto actually has a better system for that, I think, because um, you don't really, at least think the ranking doesn't feel so, um, what's the word? Like, it's not like the biggest consequence to have like a ranking of like any kind. It just feels like everyone can play. And is that, that's still a team, team-based or? Yeah, okay. for sure. And they have uh, some, like, uh, solo stuff too, but. You can like a lot of competitive battle. Gotcha. Um, and when you're playing uh, Overwatch and you come upon, let's say, a single enemy, uh, what what class would be your least favorite to to encounter, or what character? I guess. I just. Um, do y'all know Overwatch characters? Um, I know like the first generation pretty well. Beyond that, I'm a little shaky, but. I'm thinking um, I might be switching her name with a different one, but I think it's Sombra, the one that can kind of like glitch and like uh, hack you and stuff. Okay. She's my least favorite. And that's like um, not a tank, but like your DPS and stuff. Mm -hmm. So uh, the, the hacks, does that disable abilities, that kind of stuff? Yeah, or It okay. does. Yes. <laughs> Google has helped me, can confirm that she is the hacking character. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about uh, World of Warcraft PvP uh, a few episodes ago, and just oh, yeah. when you get locked down like that, and just the the frustration, and you know, for me, it was going up against this particular orcish shaman. Whenever I would see him, I was like, "There's Blue Dolphin. I'm gonna get my ass kicked." <laughs> right. Like, what's the point? I can't use like I can't use my weapons. Right. So yeah. Um, how about the throwing it the other way? Um, you come across someone and you're like, ooh, easy pickings. Sometimes tanks are like Orisa can be really easy. If you like get in front of her shield, then she's she's done. Okay. If you can sort of get get be get between the shield and her, mm -hmm. basically. Okay. She can't really go anywhere too quick. Yeah. Um, what would you recommend? Uh, let's say I was gonna start playing, which uh, I you know I might do at some point. Um, what would you recommend for just starting strategy and then like a starting character? Ooh, well, when I began, like I just did AI and it was fun and it feels less, um, it feels less competitive because you're a team of like real people, but against AI. So, mm -hmm. like, not, you know, not so intimidating and mostly beginners kind of do that. Um, but I think what it, overwatch like the easiest way to approach it is like find your main like just find like any character you like a lot and just like do that one over and over until you feel comfortable with the way the game layout is because i think the way that works is what confused me at first like just playing the game itself like i don't know why we're carrying a load somewhere but we are <laughs> <laughs> so like once you get used to like the game style then you're like okay i know what we're doing i know the yeah. objective <laughs> Have it's you ever like played objectives, not just maps? Yeah. 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 Cause it'll be either a load or sometimes like, uh, I think base and like just, uh, trying to take over a different base. So, yeah. Um, have you, uh, have you played team fortress two ever? No, I haven't. That's What's one that? that Moses has played quite a bit and it, it's, you know, uh, character based, team versus team you know you're you're pushing a load um but moses you've you've played qu quite which i was gonna let 
my infantile mind is just <laughs> listening to the McElroys too much, apparently. So. Um, I, there's no doubt in my mind, given the timing of, of game release, that Overwatch was like profoundly influenced by, by Team Fortress 2, because Team Fortress 2 broke the mold um, on your like, um, you know, your your Call of Duty, etc. Um, a bunch of kind of nameless, faceless, everybody looks kind of the same um shooters and it was definitely the first game that everyone was like each of these characters has a totally unique profile and vocal samples uh and abilities right they have different loadouts and it's gotten a lot more complex since and you can like choose different variants and i'm i haven't played it in in quite a while yeah that sounds awesome like that sounds even like what uh apex is doing too Cause I've like, I downloaded that one, but I haven't gotten like, I haven't played it too much. I just kind of like messed around with settings and like little characters. It's my relationship to Overwatch actually. I, I yeah. uh, purchased it. I like dropped it and started <laughs> just a little bit. And then I never like, I, I don't know. Um, but now I'm feeling like, God, cause it's a totally different style of shooter. Sure. I mean, Apex is primarily the battle Royale or they recently added a 3v3 arenas map, but Overwatch is like a, like teams based objective based like mm-hmm. totally different different type of of game so i am kind of like this is piquing my interest word that sounds awesome maybe yeah. um if you do that mo let me know maybe we can both jump in and then we'll be you know on more or less equal footing we, we can suck together <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> i am pushing loads telling, <laughs> i was just telling a friend like i i play things on easy like i'm here to have fun you know like yeah it doesn't need to be crazy and i just want to play the game absolutely <laughs> absolutely um do you play with voice chat on on uh on overwatch or no um or like uh not usually only because my friend and i will like we literally have two tvs like set up next to each other and we'll like game together so epic. not even necessary yeah and that also saves you a lot of um unpleasantness that uh that can happen with with your public voice chat with randos be sure. you and like especially if it sounds like you and i are similar in that um you know we know we're gonna suck sometimes and some days you're gonna have a good day um but not being remotely a competitive enough player to consistently kick butt mm-hmm. <laughs> which means strangers on the internet will abuse you sometimes yeah even your teammates. It's like, calm down now. It's still mm-hmm. well, I mean, like, especially your teammates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, um, and I was actually going to ask something uh, similar, and maybe, maybe it was kind of addressed there, but Moses and I have spoken about uh, trash talk in the past as part of a competitive experience and how it, there is value to it, as far as I can tell. It's not something that comes naturally to me or really to, to Moses either, yeah. but I think it can be an effective sort of pressure release, you know, uh, if, if, if necessary, or just a way of expressing, you know, this is all fun and I'm not actually mad about anything. Um, so do you, do you engage in, in trash talk at all? Oh, definitely not. Maybe in a joking way, mm-hmm. like we'll come up with like funny names for characters or something like that. But I don't know. I just, I never really get too mad. I, I mostly get mad if I like am losing repeatedly and I'll just be like, all right, maybe it's just time to put the game down for right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just want to win right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
tilting as it uh, as it is commonly known where like you get into a doom spiral and like your desire yeah. to do better than you did on the last just get you get worse and worse your you know your attention is shot and and yeah you gotta step away <laughs> exactly just gotta switch it up so That's- um oh yeah paul go for it um i was gonna ask if you because are you on uh, playstation I, I can't remember Oh, I do um, Xbox, Xbox One. Okay. Is Fall Guys multi-platform? Is that, or is that just PlayStation? Is what guys? Fall Guys. Oh, I don't know. It's like a obstacle course battle royale. Um, I haven't heard of that one. Super fun. It might, it might be only PlayStation because you, you might have heard of it if it came to. It is cross-platform. It is. Okay. Nice. Um, oh, definitely might not be out on Switch and Xbox yet. Ah, okay. So maybe coming this year. Okay. And I don't know if it'll have crossplay, uh, but I bet it will because increasingly, like almost everything is getting crossplay these days. That one was really fun. I, I kind of I haven't played it in a little while, but uh, I've never I've never been good at a battle royale, and I was good at Fall Guys, and I got first place. You know, maybe twenty times over over the course of playing it and because it was like platformy stuff instead of fighting game or, or shooter, you know? Um, so yeah, fall guys. Yeah. When, when it comes to Xbox, you'll have to check that out. That's what's up. Yeah. I'm always like open to new games. Even if I just download it, download them and wait like a month to play them. <laughs> yeah. I'll still do it. So um, uh, one thing that blizzard I would say does well, but certainly invests a lot of effort in is their, their transmedia, like cross media uh, stuff has yeah. overwatch hooked you into anything apart from the game. Um, I don't, um, well, that's hard to say because I've only recently just got back into video games. Like okay. I kind of t- took a hiatus um, for a couple of years but like as soon as I got back into video games, I played Overwatch. So I don't even know what else like Blizzard has done, actually. Well, no, I mean, in the context of Overwatch, like with all of their all of their, uh, you know, franchises, all of their products, Blizzard always has like other stuff that they produce now apart from the game. Mm. Like comics and stuff. Ooh, Funko Pops. I would. My friend <laughs> got Funko Pops. Like he was obsessed with those. Mm-hmm. And a couple Overwatch characters, a couple like, you know, other prized anime characters. Um, But I would totally get like an icon of some sort. Like I have little pins for my bag. I would easily, easily for Overwatch. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like represents. Gearing gearing it up. No, um, this is not an unbiased or ungrounded whatever question. (laughs) My cousin actually writes for Blizzard. And so like the novel and comic like crossover stuff, in addition to the cinematics, like he's involved specifically with Overwatch actually. So, although he's worked on, on several of their, their products. So I, I, I don't have a direct point of reference. I haven't picked any of the stuff up, but uh, it's probably pretty good. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if you do comics. Oh yeah. Like they don't really, I feel like they don't introduce their characters very much. So it's interesting to know that they have like a comic and things like that. They've got all this stuff written about like the stories of of these characters that is kind of, you know, you you have to pick up outside of the game. That's my understanding anyway. That's the other like cool part of it is like you kind of assign your own meaning to these characters. They just kind of like present it to you and they're like, here you go. Like, right. 
<laughs> this okay, is here's it. a cinematic to give you like the barest context of where this person has come from, right? Right. That's it. <laughs> right on. Um, I wanted to ask um, what, and if, you know, if, if you, if you don't mind getting into it, uh, what, uh, what caused you to want the hiatus uh, from from gaming? Uh, it wasn't even a want. I kind of got um, like I was working and going to school at the same time. So I was just really swamped, mm -hmm. very busy. And then I ended up um, traveling for a little bit. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of just a natural hiatus. OK, um, but my love for video games is obviously still there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you make of Overwatch 2 and the, and the whole sort of saga with that? All I know so far is that I'm invested. Like, <laughs> I will certainly purchase whatever they're going to throw out because I'm, you know, I've been watching them closely. But um, I, I'm, I'm interested to see like what they're going to do differently or what they're going to add to it. Cause it seems like a pretty solid way to like, you know, like the way their game moves and operates, like it seems like they already have it. So I'm wondering what's going to be like truly like innovative about it. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be, cause it seems very robust and they have so many characters already. So it's like, what is an entirely new roster look like? How do you even come up with yeah. more <laughs> at this point? Yes. It almost reminds me of like Super Smash Bros. Mm -hmm. Like, I wonder mm -hmm. if they're going to do anything similar to that, like kind of have some old characters and like, I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Smash Bros, man, that was that was some good times played Melee just to death with my yeah. my brother and friends. You have to. Yeah. I played that with so many different crowds and like throughout eras in life, you're like, all right, like this group is like the Super Smash Bros group. I always had one for like years and years. Mm -hmm. Have you been to uh, IO Arcade Bar here in town? No, I haven't, but I've heard about it and I've been meaning to go. Yeah, it's pretty great. They have a, a big screen with, they hook up a console to, it'll be like Mario Kart or Smash Brothers and then all kinds of other stuff. Killer Queen is is another, another highlight. Um, so yeah, definitely worth checking out. Nice. Yeah. Um, well, any uh, any additional thoughts uh, on Overwatch that you wanted to share, or or anything else for that matter? I guess that's it for Overwatch. But I the only other game that I was meaning to bring up because it's the only PC game that I played, um, I like relig religiously was RuneScape. So ah. I was wondering about your thoughts on RuneScape. People I seem to be opinionated. Paul? Yeah, it's one that I'm I'm sad to have missed because it feels like it really was the Wild West and and maybe still is. I, I'm sure from what I've read, it's been it's a little nicer now. Like you can't get straight out robbed or maybe you still can. I don't, I don't know. But I've always been so tempted by those games. Uh, like I've tried to get into Eve. Um, I want to try like Star Citizen eventually. But uh, those sorts of hold no punches uh, online games where you can ruin someone's day beyond just corpse camping them for for 20 minutes, you know. Uh, so, yeah, what did yeah, what was what was your experience with with RuneScape? Um, it's clearly like a skill builder, like that's the basis of it. But something about that enticed me. I literally played since I was like 11 
and I was obsessed then. And then I realized that they had um, like a mobile, like a RuneScape mobile, like they just released that in like 2019, maybe 2020. Mm -hmm. um, but I played that and I got back into it all over again. Um, yeah, it was, it's just like, it's one of those games I'm probably going to always come back to. It's just so classic. There's something so like raw about it because it's so 8-bit and like mm -hmm. old school. Um, and they've, they've made um, a newer version of like what they already have, um, kind of just like a remodel. And you can kind of go through the same like storylines and like questing that you normally would have. But there's something about the old school one that I love. I never went to the new one. I never even tried it. Did you ever? Did you ever get to mess with someone <laughs> in in the way I was alluding to? I've seen it done, and it's <laughs> happened to me before. Like you go out into like there's basically like a wild, and like it's the outskirts of pretty much any town, and you can get robbed by anybody. <laughs> like any high level person can like just wreck you. Mm -hmm. So gotta be careful. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I, I learned that in. Eve, I, I was playing the mobile version, which was actually pretty fantastic. Uh, I got kind of burned out on it. Um, it was when I was caring for my cat who had knee surgery. So it was a lot of downtime just chilling with her. Um, so it was a perfect time for something like Eve. Um, yeah. But just those tense moments where it's like, okay, I'm mining in like a null sec zone. And then you see someone warping in and it's like, like you know, firing up the <laughs> engines and like putting your your disruptors out so you can mess with their ship and get away because i i only mind i didn't have any weapons i didn't even know how to fight effectively uh so i would just hit the warp button as soon as someone popped in but it was it was a it was a vibe like it it had a feeling of like uh, this is where the good shit is and how long can i risk being out here and am i going to get gate camped on the way back or you know yeah all of that yeah and anytime a game kind of like I said takes the takes the wheels off and and lets lets you mess with the other players, you know, uh, a little bit or 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 even even a lot, you know, I think as as long as everyone is sort of on board for that, I think it's as long as you know what you're signing up for. I feel like Ultima Online is like the original of maybe not. There's probably something even earlier in terms of a mud or something, but like there's so many storied like legendary descriptions of like what happened in that game that i'm just like how 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 is that even possible <laughs> you know yeah for sure have you played any other mmos no unfortunately i've thought about um world of warcraft but yeah just like i don't have probably the quality of pc for that mm -hmm. yeah wow certainly had its day. Uh, the reason i wouldn't have played RuneScape is you know, it's hard to do more than one MMO at once. Yeah, a lot of information to like keep track of. Like I know with questing in RuneScape, like I've I've seen people like write down stuff and like take notes and things. It's like people get so serious about it, or at least you can be, you know. And also, I mean, if you're just committed to grinding out, a, you know, in one game, how are you going to be like? How can you really make enough time for a similar similar yeah. game in terms of its demands on you? You know. Yeah, it requires um, a lot of time, mm -hmm. those kinds of games. They really like ask that for you. For sure. Yeah, I'm waiting on Fantasy Online 2 to come out to PlayStation 4. Um, Moses, I had mentioned to you that we should download it, uh, but I was incorrect. It's not yet uh, available 
on PlayStation. Um, but in the meantime, I thought we could try and experiment with Final Fantasy Online, uh, okay. which you can play for free. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe one of these uh, these evenings we can we can fire that up and make a character and just run around and uh, and see what happens. What kind of trouble we can get into? I like it. Exactly. <laughs> cool. Well, um, yeah, I appreciate your your insights and uh, always good to hear about you know a type of game that I'm less familiar with or or have very little experience with. So yeah, you'll have to let me know stuff. if you play it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks thanks for all the the overwatch and uh runescape chat um we will move ahead into our final feature of the show here a little feature called make my game and coming this week from the studio known as demon world oh wait that's (laughs) that's you know what screw it or that's the name of the studio is demon world (laughs) studios um with with their game <laughs> stupendous mushroom orchestra <laughs> stupendous mushroom orchestra I just like to I say that that demon sounds world does yeah the demon world games comes up with this you know super <laughs> friendly crunchy uh experience um at f- first blush, like what I pictured was just like uh, some sort of round mushroom, but it's sort of ringing like a handbell. Mm-hmm. And maybe you can arrange fungi um, yeah. and the different fungi make different tones. Um, certainly an idea that's been done many times with many different motifs, uh, but that, that's where I'm starting at least. I've got a kind of crazy flip on this. Mm-hmm. So what if a la uh, Jackbox, it's a mobile enabled game for multiple players to play in, or at least has a mode for multiple players to play in the same room um, mm-hmm. where you've got your different fungus on your device, but it's all feeding into a common audio on the, like, the host device. Yes. I like that because that, that that brings the the orchestra to like a more of a an online sort of yeah the orchestra piece meaning. of it can can kind of come into play like there has to be a single player way to engage in the game too but um, I don't know it just kind of struck me like nobody's kind of really done this um, where like using using the mobile interface to kind of scale a bunch of people into a common audio experience yeah. And what if there was like an, an AR, like a Pokemon Go type component where you are foraging in the real world for these various fungi, and then you bring them back, or maybe you even join a raid in, with strangers. Yeah. See, that element actually like, that is parallel to what I was like envisioning for the Mushroom Orchestra. Like, um it it was kind of like stranger things meets uh mario like it's kind of like this level system and like boss system but at the same time like um like the mushroom orchestra comes in as like the stranger things part it's kind of like the other world or whatever and like maybe the mushrooms kind of like feed off of something and you have to like defeat that 
Um, but the the AI thing would go in as to like show you like the other side, you know, mm -hmm. like that's what things look like or whatever. I, yeah, you're kind of looking into the the upside down through your phone, yeah. if if you will. Exactly. Yeah. So what if you have to, you know, bringing some of these ideas together, what if you have to like master mushrooms in order to fight evil mushrooms? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's it's mushrooms all the way down in the in the in the, in the mushroom upside down, which we need a different name for, but that's okay. <laughs> Um, but in the mushroom layer on top of our world, right? Yes. Um, but but you've got to like you know you you maybe start off with your like stock little like generic little happy little mushroom, who's like your your little mushroom friend, your mushroom avatar to to deal with the mushroom yeah. world. And you have like a mushroompedia, and you kind of like you know as you go through the levels and and such, you get like stronger mushrooms, and like they do different abilities and whatever. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm actually thinking the idea of being able to like kind of evolve a musical mushroom yeah. to be able to do different things could be like really, really cool and could even be kind of musically latched in where, um, you know, different notes or different chords or different uh, melodic um, kind of structures or rhythmic structures like mushrooms could, as they evolve, could learn uh, and branch in different ways so that they like or, you know, it's got an in-game effect that's going to be kind of, you know, obvious this counters that, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But it could be, you know, harmoniously pleasing as well. I like it. Yeah. And I, I think it should have, there should be like a mechanical dexterity component of it when you are actually playing your mushrooms. Uh, an example of that. So you have like the classic red cap mushroom with the white spots on it. And you have mm -hmm. to play it like, like a xylophone or a marimba and like the different spots make different tones or like a, uh, uh, like a morel but it's uh, like a flute and you're covering the various, you know, uh, holes in it to make, to make different tones. I like it. Very and good. You got little shaker guys and uh, <laughs> maybe you, whatever, what, like the, the webbing on the under, underside of a mushroom, whatever that's called, you could like strum it perhaps. See, this is what I'm envisioning for the like Mario element. Cause there's like mini games and stuff. And like, that could easily be like a cute mini game. Yeah. I like it. Um, and then as far as the stupendous part, I mean, I, I feel like it's naturally becomes stupendous. Yeah. I was looking up like the etymology of that word to see if there was something to grab onto, but not really. It's just, you know, something amazing. <laughs> uh, a stupendous uh, uh, display of technique, extremely impressive, which I think eventually your, your co-op ad hoc mushroom orchestra would be quite stupendous. Mm -hmm. Uh, as an aside, and I didn't want to, to double check this, the uh, Amanita muscaria or fly agaric mushroom is the red mushroom with white spots. Mm -hmm. It's so funny that it's like, um, you know, so iconic. That's totally down to Mario. Um, it's absolutely not, um, I, I don't think it's that common. Mm -hmm. And it is absolutely not for eating. All right. It will make you seem bigger, but it's just your body <laughs> swelling from from the toxins. Yeah, they, uh, I, according to Wikipedia, it doesn't usually kill people, but that's okay. still not not a good mushroom to eat. Quite toxic, <laughs> no doubt. Well, I think we've uh, I think we've nailed it. Uh, so from this week, coming from 
<laughs> demon world is <laughs> maybe it's just a straight up literal demon world and they're sending us this piece of software uh stupendous mushroom orchestra Love um, it. and with that uh we will uh wrap things up here with the goodbyes part of the show uh cassius thank you for being with us yeah thanks for having me Appreciate yeah it. it was a delight absolutely and moses thank you as always for for joining me as well yeah, and to everyone out there uh, thanks for listening to this week's episode of paul and moses play if you have a question a comment or a suggestion feel free to email us at paul and moses play at gmail.com we'll see you next week and until then never, never stop, stop playing, playing. playing. <laughs>